everyone, and welcome to this live episode of To The Moon, Allison, where we talk about the top and trending works in fantasy, science fiction, speculative fiction, and romance. I'm your host, author Allison Martine Hubbard, author of the contemporary romance series, The Bourbon Books, and works of speculative fiction. I am so honored to be joined today by my sister, by way of agency, we are not actually related, despite the glasses and the dark hair, and mine's mostly from a bottle now anyway. Ms. Emma Corey. Emma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Emma, we're so glad to have you here today, and you actually are the first guest to do something amazing. So I'm going to be repeating this a few times, mostly because I'm in shock. We have a giveaway with amazing merch that you sent me. So thank you first off, because I got a copy too of Emma's book, The Sword and Shield, as you can see here. I have the matte copy, which is good, because otherwise I think I'd be reflecting off the light and you'd be like, I can't see it. Um, but this book is already signed. And I have this book and the accompanying notebook for your own creative ideas. More stickers than I can count, minus the one my daughter already stole. I think that's probably <laughs> right. And bookmarks. So if you are watching this live or on the replay, comment below if you would like to be entered in the giveaway for the book and the notebook and the stuff. I will have more of the stickers and, and bookmarks to give away in the future as well. But if you would like to be interested in entering, please put that down below and we will see uh, who might win something. And I, I promise I will not just pick somebody local because I don't want to go to the post office. I told them I would not <laughs> do that. I don't hate the post office that much. It's just not my favorite place to go with small children. And they're always here. So. That's so fair. Emma, can you tell us a little bit about this amazing book that I'm glad I get to touch with my hands because I listened to it and I loved the audible, the audible. So just for people who are like, I don't read with my eyeballs. What's that? Go get the audible. You will love it. it. The narrator was amazing. I don't know where you found him or if you had to bribe him with, I don't know, extra cats or something. Uh, but this book is awesome on audio. And do you want to tell us a little bit about it and tell us about the genre? Cause it's a little different than what people might expect. Absolutely. Um, well, as far as genre is concerned, it's just, I'd say dark humor <laughs> fantasy. Yeah. Um, it's very niche. Um, the logline I give people when I sell it at Renaissance fairs is, I. it's really sort of like uh, one of those um, moves where I try to incapacitate by stunning them. Um, <laughs> and then and then I'm able to reel them in for the purchase. Yeah. Um, but I give them this line and this usually stuns them. I say, it's about an asexual, immunocompromised, cat-loving assassin that gets involved in various shenanigans and chaos ensues. And then while they're stunned, you're in the headlights with all of the information I just gave them. I sort of gesture in closer, like, look sure. at look at the books, pick up the book. book. Take book, pet the book, like a cat. Smell the book. <laughs> And, and definitely the humor. But the reason I bring up like what genre it is, is because it is a fantasy, but I love it. It's, it's very much is like Renfair kind of fantasy where it's like these places. They do not exist. We are not actually in any of these places. This isn't historically accurate to any particular kingdom. And there are kingdoms involved and political shenanigans involved. But we are also very grounded where there aren't people who are just magically getting rid of problems or sailing across the seven seas on the back of a dragon. Maybe if you wrote a sequel, that could happen. But in this one, the people feel like people and they have people problems, including like immunocompromised problems and uh, excessive cats. <laughs> Absolutely. It's interesting that you mentioned sailing. Um, the sequel, which I'm working on right now, is called The Sea and Storm. Okay. And it does and involve sailing. Are they, the but are, they are they dragons? 
Um, I am not <laughs> able to confirm or deny at this time whether or not there are dragons. The woman who has been reading Fourth Wing. So I don't know whether or not so that's good. Like, there going to be dragons, but they just jumped in and now there's dragons, whether I wanted them there or not. But I, I did love the grounded thing because I know a lot of people, lots of people love fantasy, but there are some people who are like, fantasy that's so unrealistic and this one feels so realistic okay. other than the fact that like we don't actually live in these kind of times and have slightly more advanced things like medicine but theirs is actually pretty damn good so i won't i won't slam them too hard for them not having any kind of medical care or any of that and then you also use use you, you threw them so many words between the ace representation immunocompromised there was cats in there too. Yeah, cat love in there. Um, but the fact that you have ace representation, which is hard to find in a book, especially words like "here's your macho hero," you're waiting for him to go rescue some damsel, and then they make out and have babies or whatever, and that's like not part of the story. And you know what? It didn't need that. It has so many other good representations of relationships and found family and dysfunctional family. I love how those two things balance each other out. Absolutely, dysfunctional family. You can't have one without the other. Like there's a little bit of uh, love story, parallel stories with yeah. um, some of the supporting characters, but I really wanted to focus on platonic and familial love because I feel like I don't see that a lot, and I Thank never you. see asexual. I, I, it mm-hmm. was just. I, I wanted to bring as much as I could into the <laughs> story that I just didn't Scared see anywhere like- else. My Adderall's worn off. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's totally fine. If, if you were local, I'd be able to go and give you the one that I forgot to give my kid this morning. Sorry to his leaders at day camp today. It's <laughs> fine. He's fine. He's just running laps outside right now. It's probably totally fine. Uh, but no, I loved I loved the rep and I do love stories where it doesn't have to have a romantic relationship. And they they still are, they're there, but it's not the sole focus of the story and it doesn't involve your main character. And the relationships he forms are just as strong and just as valid. And I think that that's one of those things that we need to see more in fiction to not be like, oh, asexual, that person is defective somehow. It must be so sad that their life is, it's like, no, let's, let's embrace who this person is in their identity. Problems might be with pregnant cats, but that's totally unrelated to their orientation. At least I think it is. I don't see. Are, are pregnant cats a problem? Cause that leads to kittens. And honestly, <laughs> kittens are a good thing in my book. Kittens. Everybody loves screaming potatoes. Mm-hmm. Like, screaming potatoes. Okay, so you are still working on the sequel to this book, but this isn't the only work that you have out there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the story of this book, which is already out, already on Audible, and a little bit about your career and how you do that from Michigan? Absolutely. From Michigan, <laughs> I mean, like Michigan so far away, but I'm like I'm in California. Everything's far from me. Michigan is amazing. It's America's high five. Um, <laughs> what? It's America's high five? It is America's high five. It's shaped like a hand. I never even thought of that, but I love <laughs> I'm trying to make that a thing that people say. I'm, I'm so far the only one who says it, but maybe I I'm can gonna, make it catch on. I'm going to stick with it. And I know other people who are from that area. And I'm going to say, did you guys know that you're America's high five? I want to do it when, when some of the guests we have who are from that area are a couple of uh, a couple of tumblers in and see what kind of reaction I get. Nice. Um, Going back to sword and shield origin story. um, I have two cats. um, And there you, okay. You froze for me for just a second. You froze froze too. Well, we both froze. So you said going back to, so start with the story of this book. The story of this book, origin story, my inspiration. When it got Um, better and go. 
I got a cat scratch because I have two cats and it was not healing. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if there was someone in a really dangerous field who didn't have a healthy, like, body? And that's it. Like, the entire thing blew up from there. Just like, oh, okay, they'll be an assassin. Oh, okay, they'll have to have cats. (laughs) I love how those are the first two thoughts. Assassin. Okay, that makes sense. Cats. Wait, okay, but that does make sense with the cat scratch. You have to bring the cats back into it. Absolutely. And I love how you did that though, because so many people, and I won't I won't cast aspersions because I am a sucker for a good old superhero movie, but most people you say that and you go, Oh, imagine this superhero and his immune system and people go to like, he never gets sick, unbreakable. Oh, wait, he heals really fast, like like Wolverine or or Claire, or what was her name? Was it Claire? Whatever the cheerleader was who was in Save the Claire Jersey. Heroes. Claire, yeah, heroes. You know, she she can heal and you know her brain's still fine, so you pull the thing out, she's not dead anymore, she's fine. I really you wish the writer's strike hadn't happened in that show. Well, you know, we, we have another one it. happening right now. And then we just watch the trajectories of the shows. Yeah. There, there they go. <laughs> Solidarity with the strike. But yeah, but doesn't mean we won't be very sad about what happens to the quality of some of the shows that we were watching before said strike occurred. I don't have my tiny violin, but I'll just be like, yeah. <laughs> but for those people, they all have these amazing immune systems that nothing's going to slow him down except in unbreakable spoiler alert. It's water for some reason. Like he's the wicked witch of the West East. I forget which one's which. And you went the opposite direction where it's like, um, yeah, he's not going to heal and he's going to need to have basically, I was thinking of it along the lines of people who need to take their, their AZT or whatever, if they're on any kind of immunosuppressant drugs, Mm -hmm. um, same kind of thing. I mean, my my stepmother is on one of the things for rheumatoid arthritis, which meant when COVID hit, it was like, well, she's going in a plastic ball until this is over. We're never letting her out because she's she tried going off of whatever it was and got oh, and it was like, this is not an option. So we're going to have to leave you on it and hide you from the world until the COVID is a little bit under control. Just a little bit. Absolutely. I give uh, Ezra, the Ezra Toth, the main character, um, these tinctures that he takes. And I just because you don't see a lot of main characters that have a medication regimen. I have a medication <laughs> regimen, but I'm not Why? the main character of anything. But I mean, it, we I are think all the main relatable. characters of our own stories. We are the main characters. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. I've, I've had friends sit there and go, they think they've got the main character syndrome. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's true. It's not all about you. But right mm-hmm. now during the interview, it is all about you. <laughs> But it's also all about Ezra, who has this tincture that he needs to take. And I love how you had that where it's like, okay, he's going to take a longer job. And the pre-planning he needs to do is, hey, you got to get your medication before you go. And I love how you, again, it's fantasy, but it's grounded in that so that it's not like, oh, yes, he has this magical healing orb that he just runs over him and he's hurting. Nope. <laughs> it's not that easy. I don't think there's any magic in Sword and Shield. Is- Not that I recognize, but, you know, it's that whole, well, if you don't really know what it is, it could be magic, but you kind of have everything, the tinctures and any kind of medical supplement that you have going is all quite grounded. And and when bad things happen, it's not like, oh, they're up and they're walking around. They're just fine. It's, It's very Game of Thrones in that regard where, hey, something bad happens to a character that you care about. Yeah, that that may not go well. I'm not going to say who. I don't. I don't want to ruin anything. And obviously, no. there's a second. There's a second book, so I won't say which characters survive. At least somebody does to have a second book, unless it's just like decimate the cast and then bring a new cast and go. This is what happened in the aftermath. 
That would be one way to do it. I don't know if I would have the heart to get rid of certain characters. I yeah. developed like those strong like mama bear bonds Aww. with them. It's just like you're you're gonna well, suffer, but you're gonna be fine. I promise. You'll be okay. Things will work out for you. Character <laughs> development. Well, it's character development for you as the writer, and then also for them that you don't want them to die. So there's mm-hmm. there's that. So. Tell us a little bit. That's where the book started. And then when you were starting to write then, what was your goal for this? Where you're like, I'm going to take this and it's going to be a Broadway play. Okay, that probably wasn't where you're going. I do have a friend who was That'd like, this should have been a play or maybe a graphic novel. It ended up just being a regular novel, but it might still end up being those other things too. You never know. But then this this book came out through through a publisher originally. Yes. And then at some point we also got an audio, an audible. I keep saying audio, like that's a word. It's not a word. An audible. Be. So that's where I listened to it was on Audible. So I have the physical book now. I can go read with my eyes. But it was originally something that I don't know if those came at the same time or the audio deal came later. Tell us audio deal about. through Tantor came later. Okay. So how did that all work out for you? What, how was that starting for you? So back up to Cat Scratch and then five years. Five uh, years? Five years. I right or were... just suffering from the Cat Scratch? How long did this thing take to heal? That would be impre- impressive, wouldn't it? Just like. I'd be oh, worried for you right now. I would be worried for me too. Very and worried. Probably want the cat studied. <laughs> like, what is wrong with it? The cat is a mutant. It's fine. It's fine. Nothing was Do a I, mutant. That would be fantastic though, because I could be an X-Men. I could get powers. You would, I, I mean, you're telling me earlier, before we went live, we were talking about using different virtual backgrounds. People know this is a screen behind me. And Emma tried different things and learned that she would lose her ears. And it wasn't worth the sacrifice to lose the ears. Those are not attached. Those are actually, you know, they're growing out of her head. Okay. Oh, yeah, anyway, totally. That's, that's we didn't know we were going to tell people that. Well, you, I asked like what was off limits, and you didn't, you didn't say your mutant powers were off limits. So okay. that is literally out of the bag. It, nice. So, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I actually, over that five years, I wrote a bit. I stopped writing. There were like months at a time, sometimes as much as uh, almost a year, where I just did not touch the manuscript. And at one point, I just sort of set it aside and thought, well, that was a nice thought. I should probably get back to reality (laughs) where I'm not going to become a famous author because that doesn't happen to people like me. And I don't, I don't remember what changed that sort of snapped me out of that self-defeatist um, side character energy, but oh. I, I picked it back up. Um, and then I started querying like crazy. Um, I got an agent through a writer's conference, a local writer's conference, and they were able to connect me with my first um, publisher, a very small publishing house that um, was willing to take a leap on a nobody author. And then after a few years, um, that contract expired and my new agent, our agent, convinced me to let that contract die. So let's <laughs> let that go. It's yeah. But it's funny. Um, the book released March 26, 2020. And I remember I, that year. <laughs> some stuff happened that year. I think it was about two. It was almost exactly two weeks after we went into shelter in place. So there was no um wow. release party. There was no launch party. There was no anything. There was just yay. It's just, is the world gonna end? And as someone who released about two weeks after you did, maybe three weeks. Been there, yeah, because I remember being so excited that I got my contract from my publisher, and I was like, this is going to be happening soon, and 
it was going to be happening faster than I thought because it was a very small publisher. So mine mm. was quick turnaround and then the world shut down and it was just like, this is not how I saw this going. And the biggest thing in this, I don't know how your experience was as far as promotional things. I had dreamed with my, my dear friend, who's one of my right owls. She's, she's my personal support person. When I have to go to live events, my hairstylist, don't blame her. It's been a while since I've been in and writing partner. And I always told her, you know, if I ever get a book deal, if I'm ever having a book come out, I want you to style me for my author shot. And what am I doing? Selfies in front of my house, like getting the trash can, not in the shot, like not exactly the glamour thought and like sending them going, how does that look? Does that look okay? Cause I'm just doing not not glamorous. Thanks, COVID. That's I'm, so guess, I'm guessing your your experience is probably pretty similar, where you can't do live events, mm-hmm. and live events. People don't know that's where you build your mailing list, because even if people don't buy right there, they're like, sure, I'll write down my my thing, or I'll click the code and sign up for the mailing list. You can't go and have readings at libraries. Nope, couldn't do anything. Uh, you just sit home and be like, why? Wow. I, I was basically that dog with the coffee s- sitting in the fiery room going, this is fine. This is all fine. Mm-hmm. This all, is all, fine. Very fine. Very fine. This is fine. So eventually COVID kind of went away a little bit. I mean, it's still around, but we we're more vaccinated and more a little bit robust immune wise and things like that. Knock and on then, wood. Yeah. Not because I don't have any wood. I, I, that's, I just knock on my head because it's a safe default. You froze again. Are you there? Well, you're super pixelated, and it looks like I've gone to some interesting Wi-Fi issues, but I'm Okay, sure I, I can see you now. You can see me. Well, I, I see you, and I think we're good, but we still have people watching, so hopefully if anyone wants to comment, hey, we can't see you, tell us. But you connected with Amy Collins of Talcott Notch. So did you meet Amy at a conference, or how, did. Did, how did you like this? I don't think, I don't think Amy we'll sign somebody without seeing us face to face. Like she has like a human lie detector test or something. And she's like, do I like you? And that's probably not true. I just know it seems like a lot of us got to meet Amy first. So we've all had our, our Amy encounters. I was very green when it, uh, when I first met Amy, I went to um, Cincinnati's writers digest indie um, conference and I'd seen her do like be a panelist on, um, in one of the panels and I went up to her because she seemed like a cool person. And I thought super pixelated. Um, it's in the band. Super pixelated. Yes. Yeah. I went up to her because I wanted her opinion on something. I said, so my agent has pitched sword and shield to this publishing house that I've never heard of. And when I tell you who they are, please don't laugh at me. Um, I said, so I was wondering if it's, a big deal or not i don't really know and she said okay who's the publishing house and i said tour <laughs> wait am i not supposed to laugh because you can't tell me that and have me not laugh but yeah they wanted I'm to sorry. read the full manuscript they didn't end I up didn't know what tour was i not a single clue in this okay. world so just to just to for people who are watching this and they're going i have no idea why you're laughing um so the hugo nominations which is one of the largest fantasy and science fiction awards just they had their nominations come out and the slate is almost all tour and often is very heavily dominated by tour and it's one of the biggies out there and and okay that just shows you know what the average person reading doesn't know any of this stuff because I today was even having a conversation with a friend in one of my slacks she has just recently gotten a deal with a good publisher but it is not as well known and she's like I just 
I'm worried that people are going to be like, oh, I haven't heard of them. And we're like, this is what you do. You tell them one of the big name books that people probably will have heard of. And then it's, and then you say the name of the publisher and you go, haven't you heard of them? And basically make them feel like they're the idiot that they haven't heard of the publisher. How uneducated are they? They obviously aren't very well versed in the book world. Obviously, you know, we're like, come on, you got this. Cause we're all just excited. She's got a deal, but absolutely. You know, people don't know these things. So don't, I had to laugh at the tour thing. Cause I thought you were going to say something really, really obscure, but no, no, and the look, the look on Amy's face. Oh my God, she just did. She have a spit take? Did she spit whatever she was drinking at you? I'll spit take with my kombucha here. I think she thought she was being punked. I think she was expecting to yeah. see. Um, oh God, what's his face? Was it Tom. Jamie Kennedy? No, he Jamie was, Kennedy used to do the X Factor. He did this show oh, called. Are you thinking Punk. Ashton Kutcher? Yes. I think she was expecting to see Ashton Kutcher I don't like, jump out and be like, you're being punked. I think it was probably pumped. Ashton Kutcher, but my kids yes, are now watching. Yeah. Um, but my kids now watch one called, it's Mark Warburg's Revenge in Years, and, and that's the problem to know. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, but we so you, talked, you a talked a bit. And once she convinced you that tour is a real place. Yes. And she gave me her number, and then we reconnected later when I was, um, when I found out that my agent was sort of like leaving being an agent to go back to writing full-time. And I was like, I need a new agent. Um, do you have any recommendations? And she said, basically, what the hell, why don't you ask me? And I'm here. I am thinking like, that is the best case scenario I could have ever thought up. I'm you're way out of my league. So <laughs> I was thrilled that she said that. But um, when we exchanged information, uh, I told her I already have a number of yours. And she said, which one? And I told her and she said, oh, I must have really liked you when we met. That's like my, that's my number. <laughs> so does that, is that telling us that she sometimes is giving away numbers that are fake numbers? I don't like, know. Five, 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 go away. Eight, six, seven, <laughs> five, three, oh, nine. Oh yeah. She gives you Jenny's number. Yes. Yeah. That would be probably not very helpful. And you might've no. figured that out. Like you might not have recognized Tor, but you would know that number. I feel know. like I would. I'd like to you think that would. I would. Yeah. If you, you get two, four, six, oh, one, you're like, wait, what is it? That's Jean Valjean. That's not right either. Hold on now. Kind of <laughs> oh my God. Lady is references. I wasn't expecting no. that. Sorry. Sorry. Well, and if I have promised, I will stop going scooby doo um, at my children randomly because we're watching Chicago and it's like constantly in my head right now. So I'm what just is saying, Chicago. Okay. We will, Quick, quick! Uh, anybody who watches musical theater needs to get Apple TV and watch the first season, which is Schmigadoon. Second season is Chicago, and it is a satire. The first one is like the really old school musicals with like Brigadoon and Oklahoma and things on that. And then the second season has like the next phase of that, and it's a comedy. So it's okay. I always get Key and Peel. It's Keegan Michael Key, not Peel, because Peel's the one who's doing producers. It's. Keegan Michael Key and I forget the other actress's name, but she's on SNL and they are a married couple in the second season and they're going on this hike looking to reconnect again and they end up in Chicago and it's ridiculous. But the narrator keeps coming on and goes, and Scooby Doo. <laughs> so I'm doing it my kids, my kids, and they're like, Do we have Scooby Snacks, Mom? And like, we don't have Scooby Snacks. I just can't stop. So Did you know they make Scooby Snacks? They do. And that's why they were hoping we had some. And I'm like, no, guys, it's fruit by the foot. Go away. They're um, delicious. Yeah. My my kid has been sitting there and he took his fruit by the foot and put it by his foot. And he's like, look, mom, fruit by the foot. I'm like, 
get out kid he has a bright future ahead of him he has um, a very bright future yeah. he's a very bright future if he can stay out of prison it'll be fine oh and amy is giving her number out to everyone 1-800-HOT-AGENT that's also her website so yeah <laughs> he's like oh, she's like stop it um but so she decided that yes she needed you and she needed this this series and that you are exactly in her league and she's like come here emma and we're gonna make good things happen including as i recall the audio deal so now we can actually listen to your book yes absolutely i when she said like um hello me i i almost <laughs> cried i was so happy i was so excited um because she's just so capable and knowledgeable and well-versed in the publishing world. Yes. And God bless her. My first agent, she was such a sweetheart, but she was younger than me. Um, So, and also I think everybody's younger than me because I feel like a grandma 99% of the time, even though I'm like going, no, I'm not, but I have friends my age who are, doesn't that make me feel so good? And so I see a lot of people who are younger than me and I go, I'm too old for this. But everybody comes in the business at different ages. But then, yeah, when you see an agent, you're like, they're younger than me. Or, Do you have a driver's license? Are you legally able to drink at one of these events? Because I'm not sure you are. I don't think she was when we first signed. <laughs> and then you go, how did you get the agency position? But then that she does make an sense. Internship, sort of. So yeah. technically, and that does her- happen. Technically, one of the actual agents of the yeah, literary. Yeah, she has somebody above her too. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we're having tech issues again. No. Yeah, you're 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 kind of jumping on me, but you're so good. Are you. <laughs> okay, um, so oh, let's see. Um, I was given a list of different narrators to choose from, and. John Solo is the one I ended up going with. He just ended up being really compelling. I When I heard his voice, yeah. I could picture Ezra being... He's so good. Absolutely. I still well, need to... I, I don't know why I've been afraid to listen to the whole thing yet, but I, no, I need to do really that. Good. I'm just going to put it in my car, and anytime yes. I drive anywhere, I'm going to listen to some of it. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be totally, it won't be cringy at all. And I know that some people are like, oh, I can't listen to it. It's mine. But having somebody else do it in their voice would make it feel new, I think. And I, if it's been a while since you've looked at it, it I think it'd be a good way to do it. I, the only problem I have with the the uh, the narrator is his name because I keep hearing Han Solo. And I'm like, right? that's a fictional character. You can't have fictional characters narrate. It's It's basically like, so one of my very good friends is an author in the UK and she needed me to send something for her for a cosplay. And she gave me her address because she needed to order it from a place that only shipped in the U S. So she sent it to me and then I sent it to her. And when she had me write down her address, I'm like, um, Nottingham is not a real place that was made up just for Robin hood. It's not a real place. Give me your real address. And she's like, it is a real place. It's really a city. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I think that's, that's pretend. <laughs> and, and most of her address, I won't give it away, but most of her address, I'm like, are you sure this is a real address? But obviously she wanted me to send her something. She wouldn't give me a fake address. And it wasn't like I was going to drop in from California to London. So it wasn't going to happen, but I was I mean, just-, just pop in for a spot of tea. Yeah. Well, and also because I'm over here, I have two friends who are in the UK and they're probably three or four hours apart, but in my head, they're practically neighbors. And I'm just like, why don't you guys hang out? And they're like, we're not near each other. Are you sure? London's only this big on the map. Well, they technically are near each other uh, in America. It's just like, oh yeah, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump, and it's technically a five-hour drive. Well, and I'm in a I'm in a big enough state that I'm as big a state as 
my book sister, Jennifer, her state is big. And so all her little states are next to each other. And I'm like, I have one big state. So when she came to visit her in-laws and she was in the top part of the state and I was down here, it's like, it would still take us five hours to meet in the middle. <laughs> we probably should have done it anyway. So next time she comes out, I'm driving no matter where to go find Absolutely her. Absolutely road trip. Yeah. Well, we're, we're trying to have her come someplace slightly closer, but it's, it's, it hasn't happened yet. But at some point we should, because tomorrow um, we celebrate our three-year Vox anniversary. So after three years, if we still haven't gotten to see each other, it's it, probably one of us has a restraining order out against the other. I just don't know who. Um, well, if you don't know, then it's probably against you. <laughs> probably against me. It's like, yeah, you stay away. But okay, so you got the audio going. And where what are you working on now then? Like you were working on a sequel. Is there another book that is being worked on that is separate from this in the fantasy realm or in another genre? What else you got going? There is. There is a young adult uh, manuscript that I actually just handed off to Amy. Um, she indicated that it has a little bit more work to be done, but that it's pretty soon ready to go out on sub. Um it is, like I said, young adult fantasy, um, tentatively called Seer. Um, <laughs> I I don't know how much to say, how much to give away much. about it. It's um, no plot twists, but you can give us a little bit, just a taste. A bit. Um, oh God, I'm so terrible at talking about my own writing. It's uh, same. <laughs> It's so much easier to talk about other people's. I should have had you send it to me so I could tell you how to talk about your book. That would actually have been amazing because anytime someone asks me, oh, what is your book about? I can talk about Sword and Shield because Mm -hmm. I have that log line that I've rehearsed and can say in my sleep and backwards. Mm -hmm. But anything else is kind of like that dial tone that you hear. (laughs) Um, Hold on, the fax is still receiving. Hold on. Yeah. Not working. Not That's working. what happens in my brain. It's it's that well, scene in SpongeBob where all the SpongeBobs are running around inside his brain and everything's on fire. Well, the other question then is how did you switch from or what was the inspiration to go to YA? Because I mean, I, there's nothing inappropriate in Sword and Shield, but it is an adult book. Yes. What was the reason to go YA? What, what was calling you about making that voice younger? Did you want to be as young as your old agent? Love <laughs> um, I shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> I, um, the way I envisioned the story, I actually thought of this almost music video montage for what would be the opening scene if it was in a movie and just, it's very bizarre, but also set to really like cheerful, mellow, happy music. So. Okay. But I love juxtapositions like that because I know, I think Guardians of the Galaxy perfected it where they have happy upbeat music and then people are just getting murdered like do, 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 do. oh it's all fun and then arrows taking out half the, half the cast it's fine There's, it's good what comes to mind for me is the scene from vampire diaries it's a christmas episode where one of the vampires is brutally killing all of these people but it's to a christmas song You're like, but it's happy it's, it's like silent night or oh holy night or something like that but it's just like death oh death Hi, Contralto. Oh, no. And what cracks me up is, um, so I live fairly close to Disneyland. And one of the times I was at Disneyland around Christmas time, they have their fireworks. And it's like, silent night. Ba-bam! It's like, guys, maybe not the best song to do for your fireworks display. Maybe, you know, do Ding Dong Merrily and High or something, but not silent 
Kind of like when I went to see A Quiet Place in theaters and Rampage was in the theater next door. Oh, no. Could you hear yeah. everything going on? Was the Rampage just going through? Rampage so I'm, we're just sitting it. and it's this super quiet scene, A Quiet Place, self-explanatory. And then we hear, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I'm just looking at this. I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, maybe they shouldn't have put these next to each other. Put the maybe. Thing in between. Maybe like put a, a drama film. Yes. Or something where, something where they can maybe turn it down a little bit because everything's subtitled anyway. I don't know. Exactly. Just a buffer, thicker walls, something. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure they didn't really think about that or play it and go, what part does this happen? Because I'm guessing A Quiet Place, there's a lot of quiet parts to the movie. I just remembered what we were talking about though so let me grab that thread of uh our conversation before it's gone forever um but when i picture this sort of like movie montage scene it was a teenager okay and when the main character is a teenager most of the time it is ya Mm -hmm. so i just sort of went along that i love ya fantasy i most of my five bookcases of alphabetized books i'd say like 60 percent of them are ya just because just because it's for kids, that doesn't mean it's not, it's necessarily a kiddie type of no. book. Like Avatar The Last Airbender h- handled some heavy stuff, but that was a kid's cartoon. Um, Legend of Korra, not so much. Murder, suicide. But that's another story. Um, we'll leave that over there. Yeah. Well, and it's funny to me because, again, I'm really old. When I was when I was a child, we didn't really have YA. Like, it wasn't really a thing. Like, we had one bookcase in the library that had YA books. And otherwise, mm-hmm. it was like, here's your children's section over here. Cross the divide where all the study tables are. And there's the one for for young adult and then the rest is adult fiction so it really wasn't something and i'm i blame for better or for worse things like twilight and all that that really started that and i think i was in law school when harry potter came out because i had a friend who was staying up late to do it i'm like why are you late and why are you half asleep during trial practice i had to get the new harry potter i'm like that's for children he's like no it's not and then of course an argument ensued and since both of us were being lawyers that went on for a while but mostly i was just chastising like why are you late to this thing because it's 5 a.m. we're supposed to be here by now but that kind of thing happens but again that whole genre has exploded because of things like that and YA fantasy I think is the biggest in YA like there's other there's YA contemporary but it's not nearly as big as like YA fantasy are almost one genre just this separate thing rather than for better or worse um things like Twilight I feel like that did a lot of work to save reading yes. not that it like needed saving because it's been no, around it a while it's not going anywhere but it was in on the, the face of list yeah in the face of um things like borders closing social media tv um oh. everything reading just wasn't as popular anymore and now we have book talk and mm-hmm. just Oh, I'm so happy that I am no longer the weirdo for loving to read. <laughs> See, I'm the one who would be in high school when we had, I was in band. I was that kind of weirdo. And we, and, and we only had to do PE then for half the year because the first half of the year we were marching. So that was our PE. Heat and stroke, then, yeah. Yeah. Well, first it was, no, it was zero period. We were fine. But okay. the, we had, the heat stroke came for parades. That was, that was later, but not during the week. But then the rest of the year we had zero period PE and the coach could care less because he's like, you guys aren't athletes. You're a bunch of band geeks because we were only there for that part of the day. 
And so he would basically check us in and then he'd go back into his office and leave some balls and we were supposed to do something. I'd be the one with my sweatshirt holding it like this, waiting for him to go. And then I'd sit down and pull out my Anne Rice book and sit down and read. I'm like, that's how I spent PE. And everybody else was like, don't you want to play? I'm like, no. Oh my God. Uh, why would I run? I have a book. Go away. Leave me alone. That, hey, reminds, that reminds me of the best uh, winter of my elementary career. I had to get surgery on my foot. So I wasn't able to go outside for oh, recess yeah. in the winter. So mm-hmm. I got, yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> I got to read and the teachers brought me hot chocolate. And that's the best. When I healed, I was miserable. I was so upset. It's like, <laughs> can I, can I just stay? My foot oh, hurts. I just looked over here and I realized I forgot to introduce someone to you. Oh, hi, Ezra. I cannot believe. Okay. I, this is random goals that you don't realize you have until you see somebody else. Want. I want a pop figure of some of my characters. I don't know, but how cool is that? I love all the, the scratches that just won't heal on his poor little face. Yeah. I, um, I, as you remember, he has tattoos. Um, and I tried to put the tattoos on his arm, but then I had to mod podge <laughs> to seal it in. And that made the um, ink run. So he had tattoos very briefly. Right. But, um, he didn't stay. There's sort of like some of it on the back of his arm. You can't really see it. Well, what but, if we just used a Sharpie? Would that work or would that mess up the Mod Podge? I don't know how Sharpies and Mod Podges interact. Well, the death marks, the tattoo on his arm is just mm-hmm. so many tiny, tiny dots that like, I don't, yeah, it's just hundreds of them. And I don't know if there's, I guess maybe they have fine, fine point Sharpies. I'll have to. They do. No, they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll look at one of those, but um, you know what? There are so many different kinds of Funko Pops out there. I'm sure we could find one that looks similar to your characters enough <laughs> that we could like I mean, his hair was white. This was Gerald of Rivia. Yes. Um, so I don't see any reason why we can't make you a custom Funko. Well, and one of the things, and again, this is new goals that you didn't even know you you wanted, is people cosplaying as your characters. And I, again, my friend who lives in Nottingham, she's already planning the cosplay. Her, her book releases in January, and she's already planning the cosplay of her own main character. And she's amazing at cosplay. So I'm like, well, no one's going to do it justice the way you will. But I have other friends who do cosplay and stuff too. And one of them makes the wigs and she does a lot of Gerald Arivia. So I'm like just saying, if you need an Ezra wig, she's probably the one to call. She's the I, one who does my hair too, but this is not a wig. This is my own useless hair, but. And it's gorgeous. <laughs> but um, hide the gray, hide the gray. Keep going. Oh, keep going. Oh, okay. I've given up on hiding my gray. It's there. It's proud. It's loud. It's um, um what was i gonna say oh yeah um i don't have any dreams about cosplay necessarily though that Mm -hmm. would be insanely cool my biggest dream that i've harbored for probably years is the idea that i'll be in a barnes and noble the dream used to be borders but i had to let that die um so borders borders. um so picture this i'm walking through the fantasy section of barnes and noble there are these two people talking they're in front of the section that has all of my books and they say, hey, have you read by Emma Corey? And they're like, no, I haven't. Oh, you absolutely need to read this one and this one and this one. And that is my dream. And, and I will stalk Barnes know. & Noble fantasy sections as long as it takes. Yes, I would. I would be the person that's like, here's my driver's license. I'm really who I say I am. There's my picture in the back. I will sign it. 
I mean, right now I'm kind of more of a nuisance at Barnes and Noble because I go around moving people's books, but only because I'm taking pictures and I like my friends front facing. Okay. And if one are not organized, if it's just organized by new release and not alphabetical order, then there's no reason my friends shouldn't be on higher shelves because no one's looking at their toes. I want an eye level and I'm short. So it's like eye level to me. It's not everybody's eye level because again, short, but I, I love that. And I know some of the other bucket dreams I have are like, people that you love blurring your book, like being like, so-and-so looked at my words and thought they were words. Yes. That's that's amazing. I gear like one of my other dreams it's on, it's on my bucket list is to be able to meet one of my author idols. Like there's so many, but just meet any of them, but as a peer. Yes. Where they're, they look at me and they know who I am. Sign my book. please. Exactly. But yeah, having having that and having that equivalency versus like I stood in the line and I had two seconds with you. Thank you. I'll let you go because the lines are really long. Yeah. Bye. Like when I met William Shatner. <laughs> and how did that go? Um, he didn't even look up. He had someone assisting him who was like moving things down the line like a conveyor belt. <laughs> yeah. William Shatner doesn't even look up. He signs it. It moves forward. I take it. I walk away. So nerd. I've never been to a Comic-Con, but I went to two Star Trek conventions when I was 13 because my mom apparently didn't supervise me very well and thought that was okay to let a 13-year-old and her friend go to the Westin LA and just be there. I mean, it was safe because there was just a bunch of Klingons running around and a yeah. bunch of people who didn't. Like back and then, Klingons were honorable. Like, yeah, well, of course, honorable people. And yeah. most of them just, you know, just make try to offer you goth and you're like i don't want to eat that thank you very much but you know nobody there this was way before this was cool and my kids just recently saw hook i'm like when i was at a star trek convention i saw the first preview for it before it came out and they're like i thought this movie just came out i'm like guys and then they remind me how old i'm like just shh shh, i don't want to hear it but yeah getting getting to do that and william shatner wasn't at it but major barrett roddenberry was and she signed a picture for me and that was very nice and she looked up so take that Shatner. Um, so I may not have had a good experience with William Shatner, but um, do you watch Doctor Who? I've watched it on and off. I have seen, I have preferences. So, you know, um, Christopher Eccleston, the ninth doctor, he I was the first. So yes. I got his autograph. Yes, I got his autograph, mm-hmm. but I had an idea. I took a copy of my book, The Sword and Shield, and I wrote a message and I wrote it starting with to my doctor. <laughs> and I basically wrote a message saying like, your art and your work has brought me so much joy. I hope to bring you joy with my work. Um, and I sign it and I give it to him and he takes it. And he's like, did you write this? I said, yeah. He said, I'm going to read this to my kids. This is great. And I said, it's really violent. And he it's said, so are my, and he says, so are my kids. And I'm like, I love it. <laughs> so that was probably one of the best moments of my life. That's amazing. You're like, yeah, good to know those Eccleston kids are doing real well. <laughs> he, he was probably just really happy that someone said to my doctor because, I mean, there are a lot of people who are really into the classic who, and I was traumatized by that. I didn't watch it other than under duress as a child. And oh, then no. I kind of, we used to joke in my family, um, we used to call it Doctor Who the Hell Cares. Um, <gasps> but, because, but we hadn't watched it. And then Neil Gaiman went and wrote an episode and then we had to go check it out. And then we were just hooked. And then we went back and started with the ninth and have seen through there and watched through part of Capaldi. And then things changed on when we could get stuff. And now we have to like go back and catch because we've seen some of Jody but not all of it. And it I haven't started, seen so. any of her yet. Well, and I, when I heard she was coming, I was super excited because I had seen her on um, 
Now I'm at Broad Church. Broad Church? Some of the broad Church, yes. Yeah. And, yeah, and, brown hair and, broad church. and I'm just like, yeah, that's, she's amazing. I'll be, I'll be happy to see her. So I, I know some people are like, she's a woman. And I'm just like, as long as she's British, I really don't care. Like the doctor can be anybody, but they must yeah. be British. <laughs> like the British cat, I'm fine with that. So long as it's a British short hair. Mm-hmm. No, don't give me any other, but that's just my preference. Yeah, absolutely. But it's all good. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever met another Who fan who is like, Yes, the ninth is my favorite. Like usually it's 10th and 11th will battle it. <laughs> he is the one who got me into Doctor Who. I mean, my dad was obsessed with Doctor Who when he was growing up. The fourth doctor, Tom Baker, is his doctor. Mm-hmm. I actually um, found a woman on Etsy who knitted me a 15 foot by one foot <laughs> scarf. Oh God, that's so that was awesome. a replica of Tom Baker's yeah, scarf. Right. And I gave it to my dad um, along with a uh, replica of the hat and oh. he already had a similar coat so i have a picture <laughs> of him holding the fourth doctor sonic screwdriver wearing the scarf and the hat and he's it's just the biggest grin on his face it's the it's one of my favorite photos of him well i love that your father shares your joys and stuff and i know he wasn't able to watch this live but if he's watching replay hi emma's dad hi, dad whereas my dad would be like what what no we what science fiction and i know when he saw the first he saw the first spider-man and like, that was actually a pretty good movie i think he was shocked that something that could have that kind of stuff in it was good my mom was the one who let us watch star trek and stuff my dad Got was like yeah i'm not so sure about that my uh my dad like, read the hobbit and the lord of the rings to me as a bedtime story when i was seven he's been singing in choirs um like professionally for a really long time. He's a baritone. So he even went so far as to make up music for the uh, songs, the many songs that are in the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. <laughs> Tom Bombadil stuff. It's exactly. Like so I love it. It was the most animated rendition. And it's some of my most treasured memories of him just reading me those books and introducing me to Star Trek. And I, I was going to be a nerd. Um, there was no if, ands, or buts about it. Um, I was indoctrinated right there for you. Yeah, like that. You had no real choice there. It's like I yeah, didn't. it's just through the blood there. Yeah, it's it's good legacy stuff. Good stuff. Well, and I know that when they introduced the new Star Trek. TNG. My mom's like, it will never replace their original cast because of the human relationships. And then, of course, you know, I was bought in hook, line, and sinker, and she's letting me go to the Star Trek convention. So I guess eventually she said, fine, that's fine. You can go watch your show. It's it's good. But Emma, I can't believe we talked for 45 minutes. And oh sometimes God, we did. Sometimes even about your book. <laughs> sometimes about my book. Yeah. I, I do. I, 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 I was going to say, Drop a comment if you are interested in getting a comment. If you're getting, if interested in getting a copy of this with the other merch I showed, including this, I'm running out of hands to hold all the stuff that you sent me. Um, and then this, and there's also the stickers, which are out of my reach. They're over there. Um, Cause I have some and I have more, more stickers and bookmarks to give away. So please drop a comment. I would love to share, share the love. Oh, and Jarvis Bridge says uh, Shatner will be here in October. For showing of Wrath of Khan. Okay, I don't know where you are, Jarvis, but you get to see Wrath of Khan live. That's pretty awesome. Well, Ricardo Mothbot, is he still alive? Because if, if he is, I would like him to be there. I don't I lose track think of who he is. is. So half the time, like, they're like, oh, it'd be great if they're there. They're dead. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah. It's like, well, nobody lives forever. It's fine. No, that'd be Who's boring. Still- but books live forever. So that's this the is true. Thing. We get to have those forever and ever. But you will have a YA heroine because you said it's a female. 
Yes. Yes. yes female. And I, I love YA stuff. And I know there's sometimes debate about whether adults should read YA. The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. The only thing we have to be careful of is to make sure we don't crowd out the actual young readers from the genre. Because I've heard some people going, now everything YA is basically just adult, but they say it's YA because people want to read YA and then the kids don't have any books. So like, um, just publish more YA and we'll call it good. Right. That's, that's the solution. Like just publish more. Don't, don't print more copies, publish more more books, sell more books. And like you said, like YA did a lot to get a new generation of readers going. And instead of social media taking away from that, I love how social media feeds into that. And like you mentioned book talk, but there's also, you know, bookstagram and we have all these podcasts where people are talking to authors or talking about the publishing industry or sharing like their book reviews and doing all that. Like this one. Well, and I've had ones where people have reviewed my books on video and that's like looking at them like this. Oh, I would be so oh, afraid. Nice. Yeah. I'm like, do I want to watch the review? Oh, I have someone else watch it first for me yeah. and then oh, tell me if it will make me cry. If it's worth watching or if I should just be like delete, did not say untag self from that video. But again, these are all really amazing. And I think it's great because we can we can connect with fandoms of books that we love. If our immediate circle maybe is like, I'm not really into that. Whereas everybody I know is reading Fourth Wing, so you won't have any problem finding other, what are you guys going to call ourselves, wingers, fourthers? Uh, come up with a fandom name. But whatever, there's there's a lot of them out there. And I love being able to connect with other people who love the same books I do, and then we can talk about them that way because they're not always people who are sitting next to you at the dinner table. Yeah. He doesn't like to read that much, so I'm usually not talking about books with him. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. There are ones he does, and we we have certain ones that he loved The Expanse, and he listened to that, and we were both okay. like, I don't know how we're going to bribe Jefferson Mays to narrate my audiobooks, even though there's no reason he should narrate my audiobooks, but I would like him to narrate my audiobooks, just put that out there. It's fine. Once I win the lottery or make it big, I'll just bribe him. You're just like, bribe enough money, and they will agree. That's how just things be work, like, right? Yeah. Tell me when to stop, like with the Parmesan, the money. <laughs> Tell me when to stop. I'll do that. I'll do that. Or just really big book deal. And sometimes you go, book deals aren't that big. I saw one yesterday for science fiction that was seven figures. So really? Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll drop the tea on that later, but it was like, wow. That'd be nice. I'm not saying I'm getting a seven figure book deal anytime soon, but I wouldn't say no either. Yeah. I mean, does it count as seven figures if we're including the cents? No. mm -mm. Damn. No. mm -mm. No. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get there eventually, maybe. Eventually. Because inflation. No, just kidding. That's not (laughs) inflation. Nothing's worth anything anymore. Seven figure deal in rupees. Exactly. You're like, it's pesos. Do you want this to be in dollars? No. (laughs) If it's hey, if it's translated into Spanish, I will take the deal in pesos very much. I will take Mm -hmm. that. Rupees, I don't know. I think we can do English and maybe like three or four more languages there. So foreign rights, yes, foreign rights. All the foreign rights. All foreign rights. Emma, this was an absolute pleasure. I love you, and I'm so glad you could join me for this. And I want to have you back when the next one of your books comes out, whichever one it is first. So you're like it's a date. Absolutely. And if you are watching this, please, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit a like and subscribe. And if you are watching this on Facebook, come and say hi. But either way, if you'd like to be entered for a giveaway, I can't know to give it to you if you aren't leaving me a comment. So leave a comment. I will check the comments later. That's the back. There we go. There's the front for the sword and shield. I don't, I keep wanting to put another the in there, but it's just the one the. the don't put sword the sword and the shield because that's actually a Malcolm X um, uh, book that is out <laughs> on Amazon. Funny. If you type the sword and shield into Amazon without my name, 
that's the book that comes up first. And then a bunch of Pokemon Sword and Shield stuff because that came out around the same time. I did see that. Well, and for me, the problem with the the, thes is, first off, I know there are ones that shouldn't have a the even here. Like there, it would just be that. And people are like, no, it messes up the title. But for me, I end up just doing like Starfire from Teen Titans Go. Yes. That's extra thes. And it would be Emma the Corey. <laughs> Which is thes everywhere. So, uh, and, and Matt says hi. Hello, guys. Hi, Matt. So we are signing off for now. But please tune in tomorrow. Same time, actually. We'll be at 4 o'clock tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, as we celebrate our three-year box anniversary. Myself and our host, Jennifer Ann Gordon. We may or may not be drinking because we don't have anywhere else we need to go that night. But either way, celebrating three years and three years of craziness of Vox Vominus. So see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.